0: All right, so welcome back. My name is Perry Moffmer, and I am the creator and founder of the Potential Leader Lab. Now today, I'm going to talk about Explore, Experiment, Evolve, which I'll refer to going forward as E3, simply because it's easier and takes up less space. So, E3 came out of my own experiences as I look back over my life and also seeing it play out over the last eight years I spent with my experiences coaching leaders and their teams. Now, I believe ideas and concepts actually emerge from our environment. And it's our job to step back and see them. We're not really creating as much as noticing and explaining the patterns in nature. So one of the things I like to do is I'm going to start you off with three quotes about this topic from other people. So the first one is from Albert Suzette Georgie, who actually discovered vitamin C. And he said, genius is seeing what everyone else sees and thinking what no one else has thought. Now, Arthur Schopenhauer said, talent hits a target no one else can hit genius hits a target no one else can see. And then finally, one of my favorites, Friedrich Nietzsche said, and those who were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who could not hear the music. So how we're going to break this out is I'm going to tell you how this all came to be and what it is, and then I'll share with you why I believe it matters. So here's how it came to be and what it is. First of all, it's a foundational concept I employ with everything I develop or share. So that has to have two components to it. It has to be scalable and sustainable. So scalable is anything that scales well, can maintain or even improve its performance and efficiency despite operational demands increasing. And sustainable is the ability to maintain or support a process over time. Now, my belief is that anything we do should have elements of those two things or else they're not going to be worth investing in. So I could see it play out as a process in parts, but could also see there were mindset challenges. And so that's why the wording is very specific around explore, experiment, evolve as the process. So explore is to travel to unknown or unfamiliar regions. Experiment is to try or test, especially in an order to discover or prove something. And evolve is to change or develop slowly, often into a better, more complex, or more advanced state. So I view the E3 as a sustainable and scalable model for personal and professional development. Now, I'm using the backdrop of the scientific method, and it's intentional because it directly contradicts the way leaders typically view idea generation and strategy development. We typically develop ideas and then fight like hell to prove them right, even when we are throwing good money after bad. And really, that's all because of our mindset in terms of leadership, thinking that leaders are omniscient which is really bullshit. We don't know much of anything and leaders don't have to know anything. That's not the point. The point in leading isn't to know everything. Now, to reinforce that, I just thought it was interesting that Jeremy Utley, from, he's the director of Stanford Design School, and he's an author of a book called Idea Flow. It was a really fascinating thing. He said in order to bring one commercially viable idea to market, it takes generally now there's highs and lows here, but on average it takes 2000 ideas. So that means that 1999 ideas had to be wrong. Somebody had to have bad and wrong ideas in order to get one right one. That's the way we should look at leadership. Leadership's much the same way. It's not about having one great idea because if you're not doing things wrong, you're not doing enough things. Now, it's also critically important to construct it into a cycle or a process so everyone understands that it never stops and, and it's required that it keeps going. That's the thing about being sustainable and scalable. So back to E3, it's a process. Those things link to each other. We're never going to stop and it's, it's almost a relentless pursuit of that. And you can jump around in the process as well, but the only thing you have to remember is we're never done. There's not a finish line. Now, the, the ending of this, the, the the last word, evolve. So, if you think about this in terms of science, in, in terms of biology, evolution, you know, if you read up on evolution, only has one goal, and that's the propagation of the species. So, it's really, part of this is, for this to work, you have to have as a leader, what what is the goal? If you're going to evolve, what are you trying to evolve into? Now, Personally, and this isn't for everybody, but this is how I set up what I do and, and why I think it matters for true leaders is self-transcendence. Now, you've probably heard of Abraham Maslow and his hierarchy of human needs. So Maslow's hierarchy, essentially what everybody knows of it is it starts with physiological needs, safety needs, love and belonging, esteem, and then we're all familiar with self-actualization. So everybody wants to be self-actualized. Now, here's the fascinating part of this. Maslow, later in his career, although it's not publicized too much, actually came out and said that wasn't the goal. He hadn't figured it out yet, but self-actualization wasn't the goal. Self-transcendence was the goal. Now, think about this. Self-actualization focuses on us as an individual, becoming the best us we can be, which is awesome and we should all strive for that. But he said at the top of that pyramid set self-transcendence. Now here's how he described it. Now just, just listen to this and think about it. Transcendence refers to the very highest and most inclusive or holistic levels of human consciousness. Behaving and relating as ends rather than means. To oneself, to significant others, to human beings in general, to other species, to nature, and to the cosmos. That's transcendence. That's leadership. Focused outwardly, not inwardly. And with the goal being, in his quote, someone who is highly self-transcendent may also experience plateau experiences in which they consistently maintain or enter a state of serenity and higher perspective. Now, as a leader, shouldn't that always be what we're looking for? A state of serenity and higher perspective. Because that's what leaders do. They lend perspective to other folks. But you can't do that if you don't have the other things and if we're always focused on ourselves, right? So for me, the goal here in evolution, the way I do explore, experiment, evolve, the whole purpose of that for me is self-transcendence. Getting to the point where I can move more frequently and stay in a state focused outwardly on others and not on myself. Now, the other underlying component to E3 is your own health and wellness, because you have to have the energy to do this. So there is a lot that we talk about in taking care of yourself cognitively, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Because if you don't have those things, if you're not comfortable, if you're not energized, if you're not rested, if you're not focused, pick your word. If you're not all of those things, you can't pour from an empty cup. One of the things I I tell people over and over again is like, look, you get on a plane and the the, uh, flight attendant says, if we experience a drop in cabin pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the ceiling. And the first thing they tell you is if you're traveling with somebody who needs help, you're supposed to put your mask on first. Leaders don't do that. Typically we get brainwashed into thinking that our job is to give and give and give and take care of everybody else at the expense of ourselves. I, don't, I can't tell you how many leaders I talk to that month after month after month tell me they're not taking care of themselves. They keep saying, I have to start doing this. I have to get back in the gym. I have to eat better. I have to get more rest. Month after month after month. They just don't do it. Because there's so many demands on their time, they can't, they can't be selfish enough. And leaders have to be selfish. Leaders have to take care of themselves first or they can't do their best work. So I'm going to dig in a little bit now and to explore, experiment, and evolve. Just a little bit. So you'll excuse me, you'll find this pattern develops in most of the stuff I talk about because I was an English major in college. So I have a love for words. So for me it's very important not only to select the right words, but to explain why I did. So I'm doing this for me. If you don't like it, I understand, but it's important. Right. So Explore, to travel into unknown or unfamiliar regions and examine or investigate. So that's the first thing we're gonna do. We're gonna travel into unfamiliar regions. That's the whole goal. We don't need to learn what we already know. We need to go where we're uncomfortable. Then we're gonna experiment, which is to try or test, especially in order to discover or prove something. Well, that's what we're trying to do. But in the scientific method, the funny thing is, we're trying to prove it wrong. Because if we can't prove it wrong, then it's right. And that's what our goal is. We're going to experiment, which requires, wait for it, failure. Lots of it. So be prepared. You have, to, you have to be comfortable with failing. If you're not comfortable with failing, don't pursue leadership. Leadership is mostly failure. It's just the willingness to continue in, despite failure. Um, I think I'm going to get the quote wrong, but I think it was Churchill who said something to the tune of, Failures, uh, leaders are people. Who can go from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm, which I love because that's what we have to do. And then finally, we have to evolve and that's to gradually change an opinion or a belief or develop to a different adaptive state. And I believe both one leads to the other because if we can choose to believe something different, if we can choose to change our opinions or beliefs, that enables us to grow into a different state. We can truly evolve. Now, I do want to tell you there's some sub pieces to this. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on. But, when, but under explore, you also have to expound, which is to set forth in detail. You have to write some stuff down. This can't all happen in your head. And then under experiment, there's two, two things to do. One is excogitate and the is evaluate. Now, excogitate, I just like the word, right? Study intently and carefully in order to grasp or comprehend fully. You have to do the work. It's heavy lifting. This isn't something, this isn't shallow work. This isn't something you do in five minutes. This isn't something you're skimming. This is heavy cognitive lifting. And then you have to evaluate it. Each person on their own has to figure out, is this worth it for me? What is the significance, worth, or quality of what I'm doing? And does it matter to you? That's why this is highly personal. Nobody else can tell you how to do this. And then in the evolve section, you're going to embody which is you're going you're gonna to embody the things that you believe now. Because if there's no change in behavior, there's no change. And the last thing, exhale. Breathe out. Rest before you start the process over again. Be comfortable with who you are. Give yourself some grace and some time. I'll be back to the lab right after this. Leadership is not simply a position or job title bestowed on you. Being a great leader takes commitment, resilience, and the ability to be adaptive. The E3 framework will help you reimagine everything you thought you knew about leadership and unlock the leadership potential that's inside you. Head to PotentialLeaderLab.com backslash opt in and sign up today. Now, let's get back in the lab. Now, why does this matter? So I told you all about the concept. I told you about where it came from. I told you about where it is what it is. Now I'm going to tell you why it matters, or at least why I believe it matters. You're going to have to decide if you think it matters to you. So I believe it matters because one of the main responsibilities of leadership is teaching people how to think. Now, don't confuse that with teaching people what to think that's common and lots of people like that. But you know, back to the old thing, you know, if I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. But leaders Fundamentally, you're trying to teach people in your organization how to think. Now, you need to be acutely aware of how you think, and that includes understanding all of your biases, which by the way, there's over 180 at last count. So we have to understand our own biases and how we think, and teaching people how to think means providing them with frameworks so they can make sense of data and opinions. We have to have a way to process things and that also gives us a common language and a way of sharing our insights and conclusions equally. But if we don't have those, we're all coming at it from different assumptions that we never surface. So we never get to the real conversation because we can't get beyond our opinions and what we believe instead of having a framework that we can dump information into. And all have some level of equality on understanding how we got there. This is all, if you go back to fourth grade math, when you, when you were in fourth or fifth grade and you did your math test, every teacher tells you the same thing. Show your work. I don't care if you got the right answer. What I care about is how did you get there? And as a leader, that's so critical in decision-making. When I'm working with people, I don't care what your decision is because, by the way, you can luck into the right decision. I want to know how you got there because if I know how you got there and it's a solid framework that you can use over and over again, then the, the, the outcome is not in play because you're going to have bad outcomes from time to time When you even when you make a great decision. Annie Dukes wrote a great book uh, called Thinking in Bets, and she starts this off by saying we, we conflate – the decision quality with the decision outcome. And we have, that's how we evaluate them. So if it, ended, if it ended well, we say it's a good decision. And that's, that's poor thinking. Because here, I'll give you an example. I run a red light and don't get in an accident. Didn't get in an accident. It's a good result. Running a red light, bad decision. So we have to think about these things separately. We have to think about the decision quality versus the decision outcome. And that's what this is meant to do because we're focused on the quality of the decision based on a framework, not on the outcome because sometimes good decisions have bad outcomes. And for those of you that follow sports, I'll take you back to Pete Carroll's decision in the Super Bowl to throw a pass on the two-yard line. Got intercepted. Everybody, you know, the poor guy got grilled. If, he would have, if they would have completed that pass, he'd have been a genius. The decision quality was solid. The outcome was not but it doesn't. you can't go back and question the decision just because of the outcome. So that's number one, we have to give, we have to provide people with a framework to try to help them understand how to think, number one. Number two, acronym VUCA, right? Volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, V-U-C-A. Came out of the military in the 1990s, been around for a long time. That's our world. Our world that we live in is increasingly volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. That's why we need a framework. That's why we need to provide people with a way out on how they can think so they can move quickly. Now, I'm going to expand on that a little bit. The rate of change that we're experiencing. So a world-renowned futurist, Ray Kurzweil, he sees an exponential increase in the rate of change. And, and by the way, he's been right in over 87% of his predictions. So what he said is, Few observers have truly internalized the implications of the fact that the rate of change itself is accelerating. Now, he estimates that the rate of change accelerates every decade. So in 20 years from now, the rate of change will be 4 times what it is today, so we will have seen 20,000 years of change in this century. Speed matters. Pace matters. If we have a framework, we can move faster, because we are not recreating the wheel every time we face a challenge which now this leads to the Red Queen effect. So from Lewis Carroll's Through the Looking Glass, everybody's kind of familiar with it as Alice in Wonderland. So you remember the Red Queen? So what the Red Queen effect is, it's looking through the lens of evolutionary biology. It's explained as a species must adapt and evolve, not just for reproductive advantage, but also for survival, because competing organisms also are evolving. It means that you have to, you have to run just as fast to stay in the same place. So the speed at which you work will determine how well you survive because everybody else is evolving as well. It's not just about you. I see this all the time with strategy and businesses. We spend so much time talking about what's going on inside our four walls. We don't talk about what's going on in the external environment. We don't spend enough time thinking about the client, your customer, your supplier, the, the overall economic environment. All of those things matter. Right, Because not only are we, trying to, are we trying to evolve, everybody else is evolving too. So we get into the Red Queen effect, which is we're running faster and faster just to not fall behind. So we have to think about a different way to do this, and this gives us leverage. We can, we can actually work a little smarter. Because the third point of this is we have to have our own operating system. You know, we have to have something that we can fall back on so we're not starting from scratch every time a challenge comes up. Now, I've seen this time and time again, issue after issue gets solved with a unique solution, but it's the same issue solved months apart. So they're gaining no true value from solving the problem, no leverage, no synergy for the future because they don't take the time to address the root cause. They're so fixated on the symptom and the reason their perception of time. They don't have enough of it. So we just keep solving the same problem over and over again, but it's really just the symptom that's showing, which is truly horribly inefficient. We, we don't have time to do that. So once I create a framework for thinking, I can use it to drop into any current challenge and make sense of it for myself and others. This provides everyone with space to breathe and think which, by the way, is one of a leader's main jobs. Because you want to have time to step away and see what's trying to emerge from the situation we face. Much like the leader inside of us, the answer is always there. We just have to let it come forth. And using this ultimately increases our capacity because you can process more information in less time and produce better, more effective results in the, as well. So not only can we do things quicker, we get a more high-quality product. That's also scalable and sustainable, back to my other point. You can teach it. Again, remember, one of the main jobs of a leader is to teach people how to think. But you have to have a framework in order to do that. So E3 is a personal operating system. Now, it enables us to evolve much more quickly, and it's really based on a growth mindset. Uh, the great work by, uh, a great book by Carol Dweck. And there, there's five pieces of of a, um, growth mindset. So here they are. You believe that achievements are down to effort, not just inherent are due to effort, not inherent talent. So again, it's not just talent. It's effort. You're also willing to learn from your mistakes and find value in criticism. So let that sink in for a minute. I know that ultimately we can all intellectually find value in criticism. I think it's a struggle. It sure is for me to find the emotional component to finding value in criticism. Because when somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I have some some feedback for you. Does anybody go, yay, I can't wait. Tell me all about it. I'm so excited. Typically not. We typically say, I really didn't ask for your opinion, so you can just keep it to yourself. But we need it. We can't get better without it. But we're emotionally fragile when it comes to taking it most of the time you believe that your intelligence and your ability can be developed. It's not static. They've proven this. Neuroplasticity. In the last 20 years, they figured out that we're not hardwired. Our brains can produce new cells. We can actually learn far into our 70s and 80s if we want to. See, here's the thing. We get to choose what we evolve in, which is an amazing thing. There's all kinds of of uh, biological adaptations that take place with evolution. Nobody chooses those. We as humans can choose. We can choose to evolve. And remember what I asked you before, you just have to own the choice. If you don't want to, that is completely okay and there is no judgment. Just realize you're making a choice. So the fourth part, you're willing to ask questions and admit when you don't know something. This is a big one. Remember, we're talking about the five components of the growth mindset. The fourth one is you're willing to ask questions and admit when you don't know something. This is a big thing for leaders, a big thing. There, are, One of the main things that you have to do as a leader is understand you don't know and be open and honest and okay with it. Because again, your job is not to know everything. That's not Omniscience is not prerequisite for being a leader. And then the final piece is you seek out challenging tasks and you take on risk you seek to put yourself in uncomfortable positions doing things you don't know. Trying new stuff, learning new things. And that gets harder as you get older. We typically, just in general, we stop doing it. As we age, we take fewer and fewer risks. We do fewer and fewer new things. Just ask yourself the question. It's it's an awesome question. I don't remember where I read it, but when's the last time you did something for the first time? Think about that for a little bit. Now, you certainly don't have to adopt E3 for yourself, but if you don't, I really think you need to find or develop your own growth framework or operating system if you want to become the leader you want to be. Now, I will tell you, I referenced it earlier, it requires deep work. Now, I I want to define that for you because Cal Newport actually wrote a book by the same name, and it's defined as professional activity performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that pushes your cognitive capabilities to their limit. These efforts create new value, improve your skill, and are hard to replicate. Professional activity performed in a state of distraction free concentration that pushes your cognitive abilities to their limit. Essentially, you're going to do something that makes your head hurt. And if you're not doing something that makes your head hurt, you're not doing any deep work. And deep work is at the root of evolution. Now, before you begin any arduous journey or odyssey, you always have to do a couple things. One is you have to take the time to train and you have to ensure you're properly prepared and have all the necessary resources. So again, before this isn't something you just dive into. If you're going if, to, if you're going to try to, um, if you're going to try to get to the top of Everest, if you're going to try to go to the peak of Mount Everest, you don't just start months, sometimes years of training. Make sure you're properly prepared. You have all of the necessary resources. Becoming the leader you're meant to be is no different. It requires the same preparation and planning. Now here's the, the kicker, here's the challenge we run into. The only true difference is we have to do it in real time. We don't have the luxury of practice time, because our practice takes place in the heat of performance, unlike you know, a, a trip up Everest, or the military, or top athletes. All of those people, like if you think about the very top athletes you see, they practice 95% of the year, and they play 5% of the year, which is awesome. They perform at, at, the, at the peak level. We don't get that same luxury. You know, the effort for us is like changing the flat tire on a car while we're still driving it at 70 miles an hour. That's our situation. So we have to create and adapt processes that enable us to achieve that goal. Because we can't take days, weeks, months to do this. We can't say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do some deep work. I'll be back in a couple months. Doesn't work. You have to do it in the heat of performance. You have to do it while you're doing it. That's why so few do it. If it was easy, one of my, one of the things I repeat and people get sick of me saying is if it were easy, everybody would do it and it's not and everybody doesn't. So here's my final thought. The potential leader lab is obviously not a physical location. It's a state of mind. And this means we have to be able to create the state of mind that supports our goals. So here, here are three thoughts I'll leave you with. So these are three quotes. Dan Millman said, you don't have to control your thoughts. You just have to stop letting them control you. Now, Joyce Myers looked at it a little bit different and I like her take on it. If you don't learn to control your thoughts, you will never learn how to control your behavior. And remember, if there's no change in behavior, there's no change. And then finally, I'm sure I read this somewhere, but I've been talking about it so long now that I just accredit it to me. We don't believe things because they are true they are true because we believe them and that's really powerful because whatever you believe about yourself or other people is only true because you believe it. It's not a truth. It's an opinion. If you choose to believe something else about yourself, like if you go back to the growth mindset, if you, if you believe that you're going to be a growth mindset person, that belief becomes instantly true because you believe it. Now, remember everything you need to be a leader. Everything that you need to be the leader you were meant to be is already inside of you. It's your responsibility to embrace it because the world needs better leaders. And you can positively impact the emotional and cognitive states of those you care about, which is the first step to building a better world for us all. So get back in the lab. Talk to you next time.